The fun will really begin Thursday going forward. But here to share some thoughts on the Mueller report uh, that evidently we will see some of on Thursday and where we go from here. I've asked Eric LeVay to come talk with us. He's host of the incredibly popular Mueller Time podcast. Eric, thanks for taking time for us. Hey, Rick, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, man. Anytime. So what do you what are you thinking Thursday? What what's your what's your thoughts on what we're gonna see Thursday? Well, I, I think you articulated it actually uh perfectly. I think that, you know, Barr is fundamentally the guy I mean you you know, you and your listeners know his history. He's a cover up artist. So I think I while I, you know, you want to hope for the best, I think unfortunately we're gonna see what you said, which is a lot of redactions and uh but we'll see, right? Yeah, I mean, any chance you see Congress actually growing a set and uh, subpoenaing them and going after uh, getting... Because I, I think at some point, they've got to see the unredacted report. There's got to be, uh, at least in Congress, somebody seeing what this is. Or I think impeachment has to start. Yeah, yeah. And like I said on our last show, even on, on Mueller time, it this should have happened, you know, yesterday. I, I mean, there's... The Republicans only, as you know, they only really understand one thing, and that's that's kind of ruthless displays of power. Yep. So I, yeah, man. No, bullies uh, only under understand one thing: other bullies. Yeah, uh, and, and and sadly, that's how it works. It's going to have to work out. But you know, again, this is one of those moments where so many people put so much faith in Mueller uh, that you know that there was going to be some, there was going to be some there there, and we might not even get to know what as a public, we might not get know to know what there was. Yeah, I mean, we like they say, you know, we paid for this is our report. You paid for it. Uh, it in fact, the report was profitable with all the money they took from Manafort. So, I it, this whole thing is insane. I mean, you, yeah. I guess we thought Nixon was bad. This is a, <laughs> this is a cover up. So now let me since you brought up Nixon because you know there was a uh, Leon Jaworski was one of the guys who was leading an investigation back then, and the thought is of the Mueller report that he's following the Jaworski path, which was uh, he collected all of the information put all the information together in, in a report for Congress to, to actually go through and choose to do what to do what with, uh, which could explain why Mueller didn't make a decision one way or another on obstruction. Um, do, you, do you see that as something viable or or how do you how do you see this from what we know all right now? You know, it's, it's we really need Mueller to testify because yeah. at this point, it's I think that's a great guess, but we really some. Somebody needs to step up and be a patriot, either leak this report or they, we, they need to testify because we I, I don't know. Um, you know, one of the first things that I said that I would have liked to have seen, I'd like to see Mueller put out two reports, uh, one that, you know, had all of the grand jury testimony and stuff that that he believed should not have been included in uh, in an official report. You know, things that you know were hearsay, whatever. Uh, and then there had to be a, a, a shorter report of, you know, these are the findings in layman's terms. So that you go here. This is this is this is what my my findings were. Without all the classified information, without all of the the names of the people who told us this stuff, but th- that we get an understanding of of what it is that that he was investigating. Yeah, and 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 we know now too that that Mueller and his team wrote summaries for each. They they did their own summary, and Barr. That's how you know how bad this probably is because he still chose not to include those summaries. Could- uh, so yeah, something, there's something bad in there. No, of course there's bad in there because we know there's bad, right? I mean, we've heard <laughs> yeah. all of all of these stories about the Trump Tower meeting, about the meeting with Eric Prince in the Seychelles. You know, we 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 know you know Carter Page, you know, working for the campaign from Russia. We know all this stuff happened. 
Right. Uh, you know how, and I want to know the justification for not saying that there was some some coordination going on there. Now I don't know about you, but I never believed there was a quid pro quo kind of uh, you know collusion going on with with you know videotapes of of Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin shirtless with pillow talk. I never <laughs> believed that was ever possible. But I do believe that they're oligarchs. They they run in the same circles. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. They've been they've been working together for for decades. So it, it, to me, it wasn't even it wasn't about uh, some some scheme or some nefarious plot. It's who they are. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all about money. I mean, you were I was listening to your show before. You're talking about uh, you know you're a union guy, and so am I. And you you know they're like these guys, Trump, Putin. These guys are like uh, management. You know, they just they. They don't care about. They're ruthless. They'll do whatever they have to do, and and so that's in the end that is what Mueller. What this was about. It was about money. But do I think there's some tapes? I mean, uh, yeah, I think there probably are. But that's you not what this there's was some about. tapes of, of of Trump and Putin shirtless. Or are you talking about the P tape? Uh, the 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 P tape. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't doubt it. Uh, given given what Trump has done policy wise since taking office, that everything that had Obama's name on it, he's overturned. It wouldn't surprise me a bit uh, if that tape exists. You, you know, what's really scary though. I don't think that tape even bothers him. It's really just about the money. No. Uh, you know, uh, if that was to leak, I think he would just you know go about his business. Oh, sure. I mean, much like the you know grabber by the you know what. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad, isn't it? What. You said, I heard you say before what, what we've come to. I mean, could you ever have imagined this? Uh, I Look, I, I said, you know, on Inauguration Day, things are going to get really bad. I said things are going to get really bad and going to test the, the institutions of this country and the, the will of, of the people and our democracy. Uh, I, I knew it was going to be really bad. I'll be completely and totally honest. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. <laughs> Me neither, man. No, and I think that's a lot of people. I, you know, I talk to a lot of people who go, you know, it was going to be bad, but holy, it's it's not a day off, and that's 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 part of the strategy to get us to tune out and turn away and just say, no, I just want the pain to stop, Eric. Just please make it stop. Yeah, and that's why I was saying this is the greatest cover up in history because uh, a substantial. I mean, again, going back to Nixon, we we haven't even seen the report, but they were able to somehow fool a substantial portion of this country into thinking that this mess is over. Yeah, like, wow. No, I mean immediately I got you know all the conservative crazies emailing me going, "It's over, you lost." I'm going, but I haven't <laughs> seen anything yet. What are you yeah. talking about? We lost. Uh, I got the cliff notes from somebody who's. Uh, I got I got I got the cliff notes for a, a, a test from a crackhead. Uh, I'm right. gonna I'm gonna trust that. It's probably Adderall, but you pretty much got it, Rick. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Trump. My bad. <laughs> uh, or Ambien, if you're thinking of Roseanne. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, who yeah. I'm surprised is not in his cabinet yet with all the crazies that he maybe put her on the Fed instead of Herman Cain. Yeah. And, you were, you know, you were talking about the border, too. And what I said on our last show is uh, on Mueller time is this isn't getting better. This we have to this can't this can't go on like this. So either impeach this guy or make some kind of move because we can't we can't go on like this. No, you're right. And you know, at the end of it, you know, this this report was supposed to be that thing that said, "Look, you know, this is what we debate over, and we're not even debating what's in the report anymore because we don't yeah. know what's in it." And this is right. again why I think you know the Republicans do this so much better than Democrats do mm -hmm. because they had a response ready. Uh, they when, the second it came out. Uh, my, I don't know about you, but my email box was just slammed <laughs> from every right-wing group in unison with the same message. 
And it's yep. not like, you know, 100 people are going to come up with the same exact message individually. There was tons of coordination because the moneyed interest won it. Rick, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're, you know, the Republican, they're, they're more, they're authoritarians. And the one benefit is that they follow the one party line. And we sometimes Democrats, you know, they, we could learn a little bit from that sometimes. I oh, no, I've been saying it for years. The Democrats, yeah. you know, they, they don't, uh, they don't invest in infrastructure. They've built nothing in the world of talk radio to speak of. Uh, they have very little presence on, on cable news because they've never invested in it. Uh, you know, they've, they've, they're basically just scattershot when it comes to messaging because they don't invest in it. They invest in candidates, spend a lot of money yeah. on candidates, but on building infrastructure for those candidates to promote ideas and, and to fight for working class values, forget it. Mm. Yeah. I, I, um, I was going to say like, I haven't chosen a candidate yet, but I, I did attend a, a Bernie Sanders rally recently. And I, the, the operation man is they really have it organized. That was, it was very impressive. No, no. Sanders, uh, uh, you know, as I've said, you know, a number of times, you know, Sanders was the first guy I ever interviewed when I started oh, yeah. this show 14 years ago. And he he was my guy in 2016. I voted for him in the primary. Uh, yeah. I did vote for Hillary because, you know, who wanted this nightmare as president? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, at the end of it, you know, Sanders is kind of my front runner, but I like Buttigieg. Uh, I like Camilla Harris. Um, you know, I, I really like Elizabeth Warren, even though I don't think she's got a snowball's chance. Uh, uh -huh. But I think she's the most brilliant person in the room. And uh, she should stay in the Senate and push those policies like hell. Just my thought on it. Yeah, the irony is uh, the, the one of the few good things that came out of this, whatever has happened in the last two years, this is the best. I mean, you tell me, but it seems like the best crop of candidates I've ever seen yeah. for mm -hmm. office. You know? Yeah, and, and the guy who I thought was really going to be the front runner, Joe Biden, isn't even in yet. Yeah, that's you th I mean, he's jumping in, right? Uh, who, who knows? At this point, he's falling behind. If he doesn't do it soon, he's going to be out before he's in. Uh, you know he's gonna he's 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 gonna kind of shoot himself in the foot again by dithering, uh, because look everybody else is moving forward and and you know the rise of Buttigieg uh, is one of those things where you know maybe there's there's not space for him when he jumps in. And you know the one thing I, I wish going back to to Mueller is that uh, it's hard for me sometimes these candidates sidestep the Mueller thing they they're like well you know Americans care about jobs well I, you know what, what's more important than if you're president. As, is a compromised asset of another country. Like, no, I think Americans actually do care about that. Absolutely. Uh, I, th I, think Nick, I think Richard Nixon was right. We want yeah. to know if our president's a crook. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and the I'll, thing is, is, and this is where, I don't know if you've been following you know, what, what House Democrats are doing, but they're, they're going after Deutsche Bank, they're going after Mazers USA, they're going after these companies who did business with Trump and seeking his tax returns if Mnuchin at, at Treasury doesn't give it to them. Because, look, to me, the reason he's hiding this, there's a lot of shady stuff in, the, in those tax returns. And you follow the money, follow the money to corruption, follow the money to bribery, follow the money to, to all kinds of shady dealings. Yeah, they're doing great, and I mean, my congressman Adam Schiff is obviously on, uh, you know, one of, at the front of that, and he's, you know, what I wish they they just need to have a um, some just pick one leader to get out front and say this can't stand. We need, to, in other words, I, I think our investigators are on top of it, but the message, yeah, that's what they need to take from the Republicans. Put one person out there and just say. This is this won't stand. Yeah. Well, the uh, Republicans have always had, and I have, I have, yeah, I have friends who were former, a friend who's a former Republican congressman, and he said, you know, the one thing Republicans were always good at is message discipline. 
on. Yeah. You know, they hammered you on it. And you they had you know meeting copious amounts of meetings uh, to ensure that you were on message. And if you went off message, they jumped all over you. And that's something that, again, the Democrats, being the you know, the party of, of cats scattered all over the place, haven't, haven't really been able to do that. You know what it made me think of, too? Maybe I, I was just going to ask you, how did these guys take over, like you and a couple other guys are doing great radio, but how did these guys take over, like, right-wing radio? They bought that's it. That's what I they bought it. Uh, you go back to I, I remember. I lived through it, so I remember it. Uh, yeah. AM radio, AM radio was dying. Uh, FM, all, all the AM, all the music went to FM because the sound quality was so much better. AM was dying. Uh, in came Limbaugh, and he was he was the savior of AM radio because they were buying him onto stations at a hundred and a hundred and fifty bucks an hour mm-hmm. for for three hours a day, which basically gave these stations a, a good amount of mo- operating money. And wow. businesses began to uh, to advertise again to support that message because it was a corporate message. They were, they, you know, they were going after unions. They were going after government. So you had all of this this influx of corporate money. You also have to go back to I don't know if you've ever read the Powell memo, but you have to go back and read the Powell memo to understand that the corporate idea was we have to save free enterprise from the socialist unions and those Democrats. Uh, so they they set up, you know, the Heritage Foundation. Uh, they set up uh, um, ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. They set up all these think tanks, these state policy networks, and they all work together in unison under one pot of money. The billionaire, wow. the Koch brother money, the billionaire money funds all this stuff and it funnels down. And in every state in this country, you have a conservative think tank here in Pennsylvania. It's the Commonwealth Foundation. Um, but you have these these think tanks, and they all they all pound the same message, and they yeah. they create an environment for for talk radio people to to make a decent living by you know going to their events, and they make them little stars, and it's it's really masterful plotting and planning, and you really have to be in awe of the level of investment and commitment to investment that it took because it was it was forty years in the making to get where they are now. Yeah, to where, like, like uh, back to Mueller, like a majority of the public now, with, with an edu- if, if the po- if the population was just more, just I don't know, civics or educated, whatever word you want to use, then it wouldn't matter what Trump said because they, they, we would know they would right. know that he was lying. Right. But again, you have to go back to Reagan and Reagan yeah. ending the fairness doctrine, which gave you the yeah. rise of of Limbaugh. Uh, back in the old days, and I remember this, and, and I remember the old Archie Bunker shows of, uh, you know, you, 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 somebody would say something and then someone would get to go on and, and rebut what that person said. Because as a matter of, of law, under the Fairness Doctrine, you had to give equal time for, for varying opinions. And because yep. the idea was that you were fostering, you know, both sides of the issue, you're fostering debate. Now, the argument against the fairness doctrine, obviously, is that you'll stymie all political debate and they'll just mm-hmm. walk away from it completely. But here in the day, the age of the Internet, there's no way to go backwards. So what we have to do is we have to build forward. At least that's my thought. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. We can. And that's happening. I mean, like, look at me. I wasn't the Mueller Time podcast only started because I woke up like a lot of people the day after Election Day. And I was like, like, no way, man. Yeah, no way. Well, that's how this started. That's how I started. Uh, 2004, I woke up after the the Bush election uh, and Kerry lost and, and Kerry surrendered. And I said, you know, this is ridiculous. Weak Democrats, bad policy, something's got to be done. And I started this in 2005. That's amazing. And if you're thing, right. Huh? It's that kind of activism. It's that kind of, 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 of anger that brings people to, 
basically brings him to the streets. And I'm hoping that there's more people like you, more people like me, more people who are going to step forward, stand up, speak out, and and be counted. Yeah, anger is a, you're right. You're, you're so right. Anger is a, when properly directed, it can be a, a force for good. Uh, it, or when, pro- when not properly directed, it turns into a, a Trump rally. You know? <laughs> um, of which sadly. I understand there's another one coming up real soon. So, uh, again, you uh, more fun and games there. I want to go back to the the, the Mueller thing because yeah. you know to me, I'm I'm really uh, there's part of me that's really shocked that there weren't more leaks, that mm-hmm. there weren't any leaks, that this was done so secretively and 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 I guess you could argue well uh, because I lived through the these Ken Starr years. Uh, where you know virtually every day there was a press conference on what they found and you know there was I can I can go right now and read the unredacted star report um mm-hmm. I and I said from the beginning we're not going to be able to do that with this uh because there was such secrecy uh are you surprised that they were able to keep the leaks to a minimum and is that a good thing I'm very surprised my my understanding is that most of that came out of that Mueller com- what I read was that Mueller commanded the respect, like those people that work for him, love him. And some of them have worked for him, you know, for years and in other capacities. And what I read was that Starr literally was the boss that nobody liked. Right. And so leaking was a kind of a way to get back. So, but yeah, I am surprised. And while I think that was good at the time, uh, the time to leak is now. Uh, I, I know somebody took that report home or some, I know somebody has it somewhere. And I'm like begging, like if anyone is listening to the show who, you never know, you know, uh, just please that we need to see that report. Yeah, just, just drop it off at, at, at any, you know, any, any newspaper that's still somewhat marginally functional and, and, you know, close to bankruptcy yet. Uh, it might actually help them stay afloat, you know, drop it off, you know, anonymously. They don't even have to know who dropped it off. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, or, or Hey, or, or, at the, or at your show or my show or anywhere. Look, you know, that, it's, it's got to get out there somehow. So yeah. let me ask you a last line of questioning because, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it does, it comes back to us. It comes back to activism. Uh, if on Thursday we see what, you know, the joke has been as a full page of black ink with no and collusion, uh, you know, kind of stuck out in letters, uh, what, what, should, what, what are you suggesting people do? What's the, what do you think Friday brings? Honestly, uh, I think the millions of people need to be in the streets wherever you live. I mean, I know that not everybody always can do that. So uh, whatever, you know, phone calls are great, congressmen, whatever. But at this point, a message needs to be sent. And while I think like what you do, what I do, it's great to be on a mic. But there's nothing really more powerful than the streets filled as far as someone can see. And I think until that happens... These people are going to continue to do what they've been doing. Yeah, and, and no matter how many people are in the streets, it's still not going to be as big as the Trump inauguration. <laughs> yeah. Or at least yeah, in Trump's was, mind. That was a hell of an entertainment lineup, too, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was something. Had, uh, uh, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't know what it was, but it was something. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, but good stuff. I hope people will check out Muller Time Podcast. You can get it on iTunes or one of your favorite podcasting sites. Uh, Eric, I appreciate the time. I'd love to have you come back and, and share some more time with us. Rick, I would love to. And I just want to say uh, I listened to a lot of the show today and keep, especially I heard the stop and shop part, and keep keep the union thing. Like, I'm a union guy, too. Just I love what you do. Just keep doing it. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Thanks so much. 
Take, take care. Good stuff, Eric. Eric LeVay, host of the Muller Time podcast. Like I said, you can get that at iTunes or any of the places where you get your podcast. You can also follow him on Twitter at Muller Time Pod.